every leader has problems. Increasing your leadership intensity won't fix them in a healthy way. You need an increase of clarity. From starting businesses, leading multiple nonprofit organizations, both large and small, and a full family life, Dr. Chris McAllister learned how to shift his thinking to thrive. He will help you order your internal world so you can lead your external world. Welcome to the Site Shift Lead Podcast with Chris McAllister. Welcome back. So glad you're here for this podcast. And we're in the middle of a series that I've been so excited to do. And it's on seven mistakes that everybody makes but few learn from. So if you haven't listened to mistake number one and number two, those are important. These are all standalone, but you'll get more out of them if you go back and refer to one and two. So the first mistake, we talked about what it means to use your problems to grow you uh, when you know how to live from a secure identity. And if you don't, your problems don't grow you. They hinder you. Uh, what it means to make a mistake of being unknowingly driven by fear was part two. And when you're not driven by fear, you learn what it means to relax into a state of contentment or happiness regardless of circumstances. Now, I know some of you skeptics hear that. Go check the podcast out because we put feet on that and make it really practical. Uh, it will teach you one action you can do to really stop being driven by fear. Mistake number three, here we are, and we're going to talk about what it means to be internally distracted when you miss the important signals around you. Another way that we could say it is we want to help you notice the important signals. And as I had the last two episodes for this series, I've got my buddy Brett in the house with me. Well, not in the house, but digitally online. He's all the way in Arizona. Brett, welcome. So glad you're here. It's good to be here in this digital space with you again. I <laughs> love it, love it. Um, I don't know about you, Brett, but I know that you'll probably identify with this. We all have those moments where we get in the car and we're driving somewhere and our mind is consumed with some kind of problem or issue or episode that we're dealing with. And we get to where we've uh, you know, intended to go, we get to our destination and we snap back into reality. I feel an Eminem lyric coming out of that. <laughs> uh, and we wake up and we go, I don't even remember the last three stoplights. I don't remember making those turns that I always have to make. Somehow I got to this place, but I was so checked out on that journey that it's all a loss. Um, you know what I'm talking about with that, I'm assuming. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been there done that. Pretty universal experience. And so what happens is this is something your body is so used to. It kicks into a habit and then you fulfill what you wanted to fulfill without your brain being present in it. In a sense, we could say it this way. You're so conditioned to that route, you numb out from the experience of driving. Uh, you're calloused to it. And what for a lot of people they've never realized is that the strategy that's being taught to them constantly, uh, whether it was stuff that was modeled for them, things that friends do or coworkers do, uh, it's a repeated pattern of missing the signals. And so we check out in the drive. And so we want to learn to notice the important signals and not be internally distracted. Now, here's the thing. If you follow any kind of psychological developments, you'll find that there's a lot of conversation happening around different uh, ideas, 
or techniques or thoughts to describe just being present. In fact, modern psychology is oftentimes having a conversation saying, let's get beyond just talking about it. Let's learn to just be in this moment. And so we all struggle with that. You know, we know what it's like to, to try to lay our heads down at night and to go to sleep. And we can't go to sleep because as soon as we put our heads on the pillow, our mind kicks into gear and we find the 17 things that we're worried about uh, constantly turning over in our heads. Uh, it's very normal to struggle with this. When my wife and I first got married, she would put her head on the pillow and all of a sudden she was ready to talk. I'm like, we have had the whole night. You could have talked about this. I'm exhausted. I have to go to bed. Uh, but in being in a startup phase, uh, a couple of times where you know, you're just hustling for the week's income, you feel like the world's going to end. You're on the edge. Uh, you, you struggle with just going to sleep because you think about the current state of things. Like those accounts are going negative. When's that payment going to come in? Am I going to make payroll? Uh, who do I have to borrow from? What do I have to give away to keep it going? And I have had too many nights where it's 3 a.m., my heart's racing, and I can't fall asleep uh, to stay stuck in a place where I um, use the strategy of numbing out to keep myself from facing the pain. And so what we want to learn to do is how to be present even when the moment sucks. It's easy to be present when the moment's awesome, when the moment is that vacation moment and you put all this pressure on it and you get there and then you're disappointed because it's not perfect and amazing. Uh, but no, let's say it is a good moment on vacation and you're relaxed and you're content and you could just stare at the sand on the beach and feel amazing. I don't want to live a life that sucks 50 weeks a year for two weeks a year that are awesome. Mm. I want to learn what it means to sit and to be able to look at a piece of grass and even as driven and as ambitious as, as I want to be, I can still look at that grass and go, I can be here now and find the beauty of this moment and actually feel myself relax and let down. And so what we talked about in mistake, mistake two was getting aware of fear. Now we're going to broaden that out and say what blocks us from being able to be here now our, is emotional awareness, just being present with our feelings. Uh, I don't know how many times I've heard driven achievers tear down people that tend to have more awareness of their feelings. Those driven achievers will often pursue their craft with a lot of passion and intensity for a number of decades till they have at some point some kind of breakdown where now all of a sudden they've got to reconcile with all of their emotional life that they've been stuffing down, they've been numbing out, they've been checking out on the drive. And so if you want to get to a state of uber performance, of being at your best self every day, to go after those huge ambitious lofty goals you have, it's going to start with a skill that doesn't make sense intuitively intuitively you're going to want to push through to get to the goal but if you're constantly pushing through to the get to get to the goal then you don't know how to be here now so we'll break down a part of this in the fourth mistake for now in this third mistake all we want to learn to correct is what keeps us from being here 
now. And that's the ability to feel what we feel. Doesn't mm. sound weird. It sounds squishy. I know it. But even right now, as people are listening to this, uh, or as we get it into book form and they read it, one of the things that we want to challenge them to do, and this is what's been huge for me, is just to take an account of this is what I feel right now. And this takes us away from the approach that so many have, which is you can't give a lot of credence to your feelings because you're going to be dominated by them and make bad decisions. Uh, so you need to deny them. And then some people say, no, you got to feel what you got to feel. You feel like raging, rage on. Let those loose. Make that person pay. They shouldn't have tread on you like that. You just let it loose. You get to the place where you give in and you're constantly dominated by your emotions. You will blow up your relationships. You will keep your effectiveness uh, from ever reaching any kind of peak state in what you do, your mission, your craft, your passion. If you deny your emotions and you just rigidly try to push through you will become a worse version of yourself. You'll become diminished. You won't know how to feel the temperature of the room and bring the leadership that you need to bring to whatever it is you want to inspire others to tackle with you. So we have to learn the craziest of all things, how to feel what we feel, how to be here now. Um, so Brett, when I lay this out, just as a way of just establishing common ground, have you seen this tension in uh, culture and voices around us that wants to pull us in these two ditches to be dominated or deny how we feel. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm coming from a world of, of athletics and it's, you hear, this is the, you know, mental, you know, emotional coaching is becoming more common, but uh, at a novice level, it's mainly, you got to control your emotions or, it's either one way, the guy doesn't play emotion, emotional enough, he's not passionate enough about the game, or it's the other way, um, you, got, you can't let the emotions get the best of you, you gotta control your emotions and stay down. And is this rigid, like, um, you know, bottling up of either calm down or let loose? Um, but there's no clear, like, um, direction or understanding of what the emotions mean or how they're affecting performance or how you can use them to your advantage or um, use them as a clue to, uh, to some other understanding. Um, yeah. So yes, yeah, it shows up a lot in athletics. And so if you want to build momentum out of your life, it's going to come through nurturing the small moment. Now, we've already talked about that in the other two mistakes, how it's about paying attention to this small moment. But we're shrinking down that moment into something even smaller. And that's as simple as what you feel. Now, this is a crazy idea, but uh, one day I'd ask my daughter, hey, how do you feel about something coming up? She said, I feel excited and scared. And that was powerful. And I was like, that's mm -hmm. amazing. You feel two things at once. Do you know how many adults don't know that they can do that? Like you feel excited and scary about it. You can feel two things at once. That's uh, a truism. And these emotions are going to pass. They're momentary. So learn to reinterpret their signals. Um, when I'm speaking, and there's a lot on the line, I'll feel my heart race, right? And my adrenaline's kicking in, and I'm getting ready to bring who I am to that message. Um, I could falsely interpret that signal, my heart's racing, and evolutionary biology, oh no, I'm in the cave, it's 20,000 years ago, and lions are about to chase me. 
No, I reinterpret my body's signal and say, as my heart's racing and I'm excited. I'm excited like I was on the second date with my wife when my heart was racing. And I was like, what does she look like? Because uh, mm-hmm. it was a blind date and it had been a couple of weeks and I couldn't remember. And I saw her and I was like, oh my gosh, she is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we have to learn to do is reinterpret our body signals. How are we going to do that? By paying attention to, leaning into the very thing that we want to ignore. Um, when me and my brother were younger, we found a tree that had some black ants uh, in the trunk, just tons of them. And I don't remember what happened, how we, you know, two brothers, who knows, uh, a consecutive set of dares. And before you know it, mm-hmm. we're sticking our hands in this tree, letting the ants crawl all over them mm. till the point that our hands got numb. We would pull our hands out after they got numb, and uh, we would shake our hands uh, and then let the feeling come back. We actually left a Nerf football by the tree overnight, and the next day about a fourth of the foam was gone because piece by piece they had carried it into the tree. Uh, Our hands were a testament to the reality that 100 bites over a small area in a small amount of time had a numbing effect. The pain gave way to no feeling at all. And so it was like our hand had died from 100 small bites. Here's what I've realized uh, just through working with people one-on-one, lots of conversations. By the end of the day, most folks are numb. They've died from 100 small bites of pain. A misunderstanding boss, an insane team member, a crazy client, an exasperated spouse. There's 100 problems overwhelming them. So the TV gets turned on, the programming washes over them like a warm bath, and whether it's drama or comedy, it's a saturation of story to help them close off the day. So we could say it this way, story is fueling the emotional survival of modern society. From prisons to nursing homes, TV is the companion that deals out relief. But here's the thing, it's an escape. It's not actually enhancing who they are, it's a diminishing return. When you are able to be present with yourself, you start to figure out what's broken in the story that you're telling yourself. You notice, what's happening around you and how it connects with others. You're noticing their facial mannerisms. You're noticing the tone of their voice. You're noticing is sweat beating up on their body. You notice that within yourself. Oh my gosh, my face is grimaced right now. I'm not even aware of how this has made me uptight and I'm kicking into gear to be upset. So what I'm trying to do over and over is... uh, bring myself to a moment where I hit the pause button, if you will. This goes back to mistake one. Mistake one, when we don't live from a secure core, we're not processing things through the filter of identity. The way I hit the pause button in the craziness of the day is to not get caught up in what is or isn't happening in my work, to not get caught up in what is or isn't happening in my relationships, because good and bad things will always happen in both of those, but instead to pay attention to what is going on in me right now with regards to who I am. And so in effect, it's like I have to pull my hand out of the tree, shake off the ants, let the feeling return back to my hand. And as I do that, I'll notice the pain points and what I need to pay attention to. And so... um, when I'm walking by my wife and we've had a fight and I just want to walk by and I want to stop and give her a hug 
if she wants me to. Uh, um, when my child and I have had a terse interaction, I need to follow back around to their bedroom and check in on that. When I send out an email that really needed more relational context than just direction and what it means for me to pop in that office and add context and see how they're doing and see what's happening. For a lot of us, what's hap- what we've been trained to do is to think it's normal and that it's okay to wake up wherever we're headed and go, it doesn't matter that I don't remember getting here. The problem with that is, what do we have in life but this moment right here? Mm. So one of the things that uh, is just massive about being here now is learning to build in habits and routines and rhythms into your day that call you into this moment. Uh, So you're going to face all kinds of opportunities to say, you know what, I'm going to distract myself. You don't know you're consciously doing this, but you make a future plan, maybe to distract yourself from a present pain. Um, You start living outside of yourself, watching your performance, being your worst critic. You tear yourself down. Uh, You're a harsh enemy towards yourself. Uh, And you're doing this to try to motivate yourself. Well, when I can just be where I am, I can see, see the failure. I can feel the pain. I can hear my disappointment. I can allow my feelings to open up an appreciation for life and grow me because I can accept the sorrows, the troubles, the defeats. These things assist me because they wake me up to this moment and something I can learn about myself. And they wake me up to the reality that I'm growing and I'm not who I was. I'm changing. Uh, When I'm in a place that I feel insecure and threatened and I'm going through a problem, I can understand that when I'm here now, right now, and I'm secure in my identity regardless of what's happening, and that's mistake one, then this problem that's happening can grow me. That's mistake two that we were countering. How? When I understand that this mistake is not an attack on my dignity, it's a removal of distraction or this pain that I'm facing, something I feel threatened by, something somebody's done that's causing my emotional hair to bristle. It's real, and I feel it, and I need to feel it. I need to pay attention to it. But I sit with it without being dominated by it or denying it and go, how am I perceiving this as an attack on my dignity? when it's really just a removal of distraction. It's just helping me learn something I'm doing that hurts my relationships. Maybe it's helping me be aware of a relationship that needs to end. Maybe it's helping me be aware of an activity or an action I need to add into this relationship that I care about. So I'm going to be here now. Um, a couple of years ago, my kids had wanted a... Uh, to get out to the park. We live in a place that doesn't get a lot of sunshine. And so it had just turned sunny. It was May. It was before the pool opened and they wanted to go play. So we went to the park and we're playing. And I had uh, taken off work a little bit early. I have this uh, like recliner chair I can travel around with. It's a zero gravity chair. And I lay it out in the park and I get my favorite music playing and I'm just exhausted and fried. I mean, I'm basically like, kids, do not yell for me unless you're being abducted. (laughs) Um, So I lay out on this chair and it is zen. And I am feeling it. And it's amazing. And after just like three minutes, they come up to me. Daddy, take us back home. We're hot. 
So they were hot and they wanted to go back home. And I didn't want to take them back home because I got this amazing moment going on. But so I end up taking them back home and I'm like, well, I'm going to recreate that moment on the deck. And so I get home and my wife's home and she's on the deck and wants to talk about stuff. Hmm. I don't really want to talk about stuff. I just want to be. I want Zen. And I go outside and I try to talk to her because I want to be available. But it was pollen season and I start sneezing. So my Zen moment at the park's ruined. I'm not going to have it on the deck. And now allergies have kicked in. And I remember feeling stressed about it. And I pay attention to that feeling. I lean into it. And something huge for me at that moment, it was, a, it was a big insight. And I actually wrote it down because I wanted to make sure I never forgot it. I'll never be as peaceful or as stressless as I want. Heck, even now. There's no way some of the people on the podcast don't hear that noise. Uh, mm-hmm. I d- so for whatever reason, if we're going to report a, record a podcast, the last few, uh, my family decides they're going to play musical chairs in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, so, But I'll never be as peaceful or stressless as I want. I cannot recreate that past moment of peace. I can only reattach to this present moment Mm. I am here now and what this means is um, I can be resilient I can be unstoppable in my performance because mistakes do not shut me down now earlier I was talking about this isn't an attack on my dignity but a removal of distraction I accidentally said the word mistake uh, in one of the times I used that phrase but that applies too Uh, This is the athlete who's on the court who keeps missing his shot. The golfer, right? I've heard every golfer is two shots away from going crazy. Why? Mm -hmm. Because all I can think about is the last two shots I missed, and I can't be here now. I can't reattach to this present moment. I can't find flow again. Mm -hmm. Uh, So for over and over, what I've found in my life and what we've seen in working with others, that too much of... Leadership is nebulous and hard to define, and there aren't easy answers. Am I moving too fast? Am I moving too slow? Am I being too passive with this situation or too active? This is the crucible of leadership. When I'm able to be here now, I'm able to be in touch with my feelings, in touch with the feelings of others, and make the best decision I can with the information that I have. And if it's the wrong one, then I'll be present in that moment in a secure way, not uh, trying to defend myself because I feel insecure and repair that tear and make that situation right. When I'm in this place that I'm able to be here now, uh, it allows me to live life with the appreciation of a recovered addict because now the smallest of things feel amazing. Having been in the startup scene twice now and having to like move and sell stuff. One time my wife slept on an air mattress and we had this in our bedroom for six months. It's crazy. Um, And then we got a bed. Another time we went through a startup and we sold everything and uh, crazy man, these ventures. Um, And my wife and I slept on a memory foam mattress, probably about five inches, six inches thick for two and a half months. Wow. Um, I remember when we got a mattress, she was elated. She's like so thankful her crazy husband uh, mm-hmm. has finally gotten a mattress. And it wasn't that I didn't want to get one before. It's that I'm selling stuff to stay alive and we're moving. 
uh, both of those times that happened, it was because we were moving and selling stuff. And it just took me a little bit to be able to get the money and to go get that. So what I'm finding over and over is uh, you go through that period and then you appreciate the smallest of things. You get into bed and you're like, mattresses are amazing. <laughs> when we live life with appreciation like a recovered addict, we're able to look around at what's happening and say, I can celebrate where I am right now. Now, we're going to push this a little deeper in the next mistake. But one of the things that, uh, you know, allows us to come into this present moment is not to be hooked into numbing out. Um, thoughts or questions or anything you want to add in here? I just want to check in with you. Yeah. This is, uh, I mean, you're talking pretty intense, introspective you know, awareness here. Um, and I know you're kind of talking about how we can recover on the fly and keep going. Um, my one, my one question then is there's, there's some points where just to use a, an athletics term where you have to play hurt. Um, you know, we don't have time to get out of the game for a second and recover and then check back in. Sometimes you have to go keep going. I remember a season in my life where I couldn't be home at night by myself. And so I look at my calendar for the day or my schedule for the day and realize I was going to be home from six to 10 all by myself. I got to schedule something from six to nine because I won't be able to stand that emotionally. Um, Now, in my instance, I was aware that I was kind of avoiding some pain place there. And so it wasn't too destructive, I guess, because I originally, you know, eventually get to the point where I face that. But, you know, you can't always like pull out of the meeting and go recover and process what's happening and then go back in, you know, you got to keep going. What do you do? And those, you, you mean, just record them in the back of your mind and save them for later and go back to it and tell you get more skilled at this or just keep playing, you know, playing hurt or how do you? What do you do in those situations? Yeah. So this is the deep stuff, as if it hasn't been deep enough already. Hmm. Uh, you know, for me, I remember this was uh, months ago. I was listening to some music in the kitchen. I was cleaning up or getting dinner ready. I don't remember. Had my headphones in, and Manchester Orchestra, their song came on. There's never been another way out. Um a month before, and while I heard that phrase, it took me back to a month before I'd been in an Apple store, and I was waiting on something, and I typed in one of the computers I was messing around, there has to be a way out of here. And the weirdest thing, I hadn't typed that sentence since I was a kid, but kind of like obsessively, I used to type that sentence on a computer when I felt stuck on working on a paper like in high school. I would just type that over and over. There has to be a way out of here. There has to be a way out of here. Um, and... And there are reasons why I was typing those sentence, that sentence. And I know that because there was a moment that I wanted to run from. Um, so I'm in the kitchen and I hear that song and it pulls me into this awareness. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. Um, so the very thing that you need to have happen, and that is you've missed three shots in a row and you go, I've missed three shots in a row good. You're aware of that. Um, my face is grimaced as the boss delivers that news. And she tells me 
what my responsibility is going to be for the new project. Good. You need that. You're aware of it. Don't deny it. Don't be dominated by it. Lean into it. How do you lean into it? You go, um, okay, I see this, and I'm going to now make a choice to live from a secure identity, a secure core. So we, we go into this in mistake one, but this is where we start uh, adding, if you will, um, some, some real bones and structure to this idea. It's learning that you're never going to have perfect optimal external conditions, but internally, it's just recognizing what I feel afraid of right now isn't true. I need to ground myself. How do you ground yourself? It's uh, as simple as feeling your feet. That may not work for everybody. Maybe it's feeling your fingers. It's the basketball player who just becomes very aware of how the ball feels on the tip of his finger. Shrink it down to that small moment of awareness. That's all you can know is right here in this moment. If you're sitting in the boardroom, feel your body in that chair. Feel grounded. Uh, one of the things that I do with people is just help them pay attention to this. Uh, this I stumbled into this strategy years ago. I'd go on walks and I'd focus on feeling the wind on my face mm. as a way of saying, okay, what does it mean for me to be fully present here in this moment? Uh, so I'm going to use different things around me when the pressure's on and I can't go for that walk to remind me of what it was like to be on that walk. So the more that I live in that moment, I'm going on the walk and I feel my feet and I feel the wind, I know what security and being here now in a, in a secure way feels like. I'm learning to tap into that when I'm in the boardroom, when the pressure's on, when I get nervous, when uh, everything's falling apart. So it's like you flip a switch. And you can even think about it that way. Some people are very visual and they can just picture insecurity and security. There's a switch there and that switch is switched to insecurity and you're locked up. To be here now is to flip that switch and go, all I have is this moment. All I know is me. All I have is this ball in my hand. All I have is my butt in this seat. All I have is my feet on this planet. And my feet are grounded and I lift my head, and life meets me right where I am. Mm. Uh, when I, when the kids were younger and I would sit and watch cartoons with them, um, it was, some of those cartoons were just nauseating. I mean, the storyline of Barbie-topia is not compelling. Uh, <laughs> Care Bears shooting rainbows out of their bellies uh, is creepy and gave me nightmares. Uh, I loved Phineas and Ferb and thought it was really funny, but at some point, the way they say the same phrases every episode, I wanted to make a drinking game out of it. <laughs> so I didn't want to be there now with them. I wanted to be distracted. Uh, I didn't have an iPhone back then. It would have been so easy to watch that with an iPhone in my hand and not actually be there now because the moment kind of sucked. It did not pull me in. It was, it was boring. Mm. But I'll tell you what I could do. I could look at them and watch their chest rise and fall as they took a breath. And the depth of the moment that here's another human being here with me now. It's the same feeling. Now, I obviously have it in a very deep way for my kids. 
when I'm with people and we're eyeball to eyeball on these issues and we're helping them learn how to be here now and live out of a secure identity. Uh, and maybe they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to and I say, I don't know. Or maybe there's a better resource I need to point them to. Uh, or maybe they feel stuck on something that uh, out of their threatened feeling of being stuck, they're throwing accusations. Mm. It's looking in their eyeballs, this living, breathing human being. And I am here now. Uh, this is being on the interstate when somebody is annoying you the way that they drive. I mean, it's driving you crazy. Um, and you're so present with yourself. There's so much empathy in you that you go, there's probably a reason they're driving super slow. And mm. you drive around them and it's an old person who can barely see over the steering wheel. And, and they may be mentally not fully present and shouldn't be driving. They may be scared out of their mind. When I am here now, I lose the insecurity and I get attuned to what I'm doing and the gift that I'm giving to the world of being who I am and doing what I'm supposed to do. Whether that's we're going to carry the team to the win, whether that's she needs me to have that response, so I'm going to give her that response, even though it feels a little hype to me and match her intensity. Um, I'm going to bring what they need me to bring right now because I'm not insecurely trying to defend my way through this moment. I am here now. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's great sense. Um, go ahead. You have a follow-up yeah, question? I keep thinking about, not a question, but I just keep thinking about the best, uh, the best asset I can contribute to anything I'm involved in, uh, to any relationship or any project. And the best thing I can contribute to the world is my full present self. Um, and just this idea of being here present uh, is, is going to be far greater than whatever the knowledge, skills, et cetera, you, you usually bring to, to a situation that, that trumps it all. That's it. That's all we can ask of you. All we can ask of you is to bring your full present self who you are. So you go back to mistake two. What's going to keep you from doing that fear? And you're not bringing you to this moment. You're not here now if you're proving or hiding. And if you're proving or hiding, you're not here now. And so you can't be here with me. Mm. When you're here now and you're free of the insecurity, then you get to pay attention to me. And so, you know, if before we started recording this podcast, uh, if, if you said to me, Brett, we were just making small talk, and, he, and you said, um, man, I'm totally just pulling this out of the air. <laughs> uh, hey, man, have you ever ate nachos in the middle of the day before for lunch, like a big plate? And this is a silly example, so I'll make it very real for a lot of people in a second. But no, let's think about that real quick. Do you really want to know if I ate a big plate of nachos in the middle of the day? You might because you're trying to benchmark something. Like, I felt this way. I wonder if he felt that way. Mm. More often than not, you want to tell me a story. Mm. I don't want to be hooked into telling my story because, yeah, there was a time that I was and I fell asleep and I missed a big call and lost lots of money. Uh, I could tell you that story, but what you couldn't wait till I would be done so you could tell me your story. Mm. When I'm able to be here now, I'm not hooked into 
the insecure needs of my identity, I can just say, yeah, I have. Have you? And then you're off and running with the story that you want to tell me. And the story that you want to tell me reveals something about who you are, about your aspirations, about your fears. And I get to be present with that and hear that. Um, And no doubt, you know, listening through these mistakes or as we turn it into book form and it becomes a book, it's not going to be for everybody. Because for a lot of people, they just want to be heard. Mm. This is about getting beyond that, being so present with yourself, giving yourself the gift of being fully seen, known, and heard for who you are within yourself, then giving others that gift. Uh, so that, you know, you're paying attention when those things are coming up uh, in that email and that one sentence is buried there or at meeting or at the meeting at work or whatever it is. I am noticing the signals. And again, that's the mistake. The mistake is missing the important signals. When I am here now, I notice the important signals. It changes how I come in to the house. I used to come in and be in task mode. And like, you know, young kids, it's like, that's got to happen. That's got to happen. That's got to happen. It's going to be a long night. And, and skip over checking in relationally. When I am here now, I notice the important signals. Oh, they're insecure. They need to be assured there. Um, you know, ah, I did it tonight before we recorded this. Um, my wife has something coming up she's nervous about. And I got afraid at blowback in my life because her nervousness is going to uh, maybe cause her to get sick. And then what's that going to do to me? So in my insecurity, I wasn't with her in the moment. My mind was running to the future. And she said this to me, maybe you could just be a cheerleader for me and encourage me rather than uh, what I was doing, running to fear and how it would impact me. If I was there with her in the moment, I would have just encouraged her. Mm. So let's break this down when we think about kind of the four main groups of people that we're helping with sight shift. We've kind of talked about the athletic side of things a little bit already. Uh, Just this reality that I am here now. Forget what's happened in the game up to this point. Forget how many shots you've missed. You are here now. And the action is feel your feet. Whatever that means for you, feel the ball on your fingers, right? Feel your toes, wiggle in your shoes. There's this grounded sense of reality. I am here now. The best we know whatever now is as we float on a ball through space. <laughs> mm. I mean, the trip is out there, but that's kind of this idea that we got to ground ourselves. Yeah. Uh, we talked about, you know, at, at work, when it starts to go south or sideways and you want to be dominated by your emotions or deny them, I am here I feel afraid of what's going to happen and it's distracting me and causing me to make a future plan where I'm missing this present moment. Um, You know, we talk about entrepreneurial leaders and like startup founders. This is huge for them. If they're not aware of how they're going to chase the future and cover up present concerns, they're going to make decisions overlooking small things that erode the very company or business they're trying to build. Uh, so maybe they go, oh, it's okay if we compromise on setting up 
healthy financial systems, we'll get to that later, you probably won't because you'll be busier and it'll be crazy later. Be here now with the financials that you have. That's how tangible and practical this is. Yeah. Uh, that you can actually say, we can measure on a spreadsheet if you are present with your company's finances. Um, and then for professionals, those that are out there building this career, what does it mean for them? Somebody told me this today that uh, lawyers have to take substance abuse training every two years. Um, why? Because so much of the crap they go through for their job, but also a lot of them hate their job. What does it mean for them to sit with that emotion, to not numb out from it, not be dominated by it and take it out on people they love, but to sit with it and consider, what does this mean for my life? Do I need to make changes? Maybe I don't need to make changes, but I need to learn how to create a reality around me where I'm doing things that pull me into the present so that I can look at the clouds and feel amazed. Um, This is why we have such a hard time managing uh, our lives and living in the tension of this because we want on one end of things to uh, celebrate in the American culture hardcore drivenness, ambition, achieving. On the other end, we don't want to hang out with people uh, that make us a means to an end. We feel that and we smell that so fast. What does it mean to be a person? that has ambition and vision. You could even say that they're driven, but they know how to downshift into their identity to accelerate their life by de-accelerating into a present state of, I am here now. Nothing can threaten my dignity. I already have enough. I'm not missing out on anything worthwhile. I don't have to have a magical formula for life to figure this out. I will just consistently show up because because this might be one of those times where I feel alive and things almost feel magical. Well, that's not, that's not hype. That's not BS. That's every day. You know, so for me, some daily rhythms that I have Uh, One of them is, I call it right now, it's sweat, meditate, create. So those are kind of like the three things. You know, some workouts just aren't amazing. Sometimes, man, you get that sweat on and you put that extra effort in and the endorphins kick in and it is primo experience. Sure. Sometimes you have a meditation experience where you feel like, and the point of meditation isn't to transcend uh, the needs of our identity. It's to fill within ourselves ultimate security in who we are. Um, And sometimes there are these meditative moments where the peace is euphoric. Uh, Sometimes you're in these moments of creation where you're making something happen. And this just feels like you're pouring all of yourself into this work. And it's a beautiful thing. Sometimes you have moments of human connection that are just breathtaking. Uh, Sometimes you have these moments of observing others and you're in awe of this gift of being human. Now, some people have already stopped listening because they've said, I don't have those moments. Mm. You had them sometime, somewhere. Find the moment that you were most present in the past. Start thinking about what that was like and what happened around that 
and re-engineer it now. And I'll talk to you about that in a second, but for now, it's just saying not every moment can be like that. Not every time you sweat, you're going to feel those endorphins at that level. Not every time you meditate, is the peace going to feel euphoric? Not every time you create, is it going to be like, this is like magic. But I'm going to keep being present and showing up like it's one of those times. I'm going to keep bringing the full weight of who I am to this moment. Uh, I'm not going to numb out. So as a strategy, recognize any place that you're numbing out and stop it. Let the pain come to the surface and be present with the pain. And now you know what blocks you from having a secure identity. Whatever that strategy to numb out is, that strategy could look as good as uh, overworking. It could be as what we would think is uh, just such a terrible choice as uh, some severe drug addiction. Whether it's overworking or the drug addiction or everything in between, anything that you use to numb out diminishes who you are. It decreases your capacity. You become a less whole version of yourself. And so when you do have one of those times where you feel like you're standing on the edge of the sunset and everything is popping with life, you'll actually experience it with a smaller capacity. Now, that's not to shame us or defeat us. It's to inspire us to stop numbing out, to pay attention to what we feel, let that come to the surface, feel it with all the feels you can. Mm. Do you need to write about it? Do you need to yell about it? Do you need to run it out? Uh, whatever you've got to do to get all of that rage in you up to the surface and process it, music, whatever, so that you can come to that place that you go, oh, this feeling has come here and I'm going to pay attention to it. I'm not going to run from it. I'm not going to numb out from it. And as I am present with it, I'm going to recognize this feeling that tells me I'm not enough is a lie and it's not who I am. Um, so as we do that, you know, this is what I was talking about with hearing that song, there has to be a way out of here. And I was triggered back to that moment. Here's a moment where I'm in the kitchen working and now all of a sudden this has incredible potential for me because I'm feeling something and I'm going back to something that I forgot about. So I reintegrate that into my life and I pay attention to it and I go, ooh, I felt this way about an issue. Whoa, why did I feel that way? Well, I felt that way because blank. And this was a lie about who I am. And I started to believe that lie there. Now, as you start... Uh, this process of paying attention. You're not numbing it out. You're driving down the road, and for lack of a better term, you're shaking yourself into reality, and you're waking up at that stoplight. Mm. Um, you look back to the last moment that you felt present in the car ride. You look back to the last moment where you showed up, and it was one of those times, and it felt amazing. And you go, what was happening then that I need to think about how to recreate here? That's physical stuff. That's external stimuli. It might be nutrition. Uh, it might be choices of who you were around. All of the changes that you make are going to come out of understanding. I slid my way into numbing out because I felt a lie about who I am. I'm going to start with feeling the ground underneath me. I'm going to feel my feet. I'm going to feel the wind on my face. 
I'm going to have a moment where I feel alive. And I'm going to keep showing up like life is going to give me one of those times. I'm going to stay engaged. I'm going to be here now. And when it's not that, I'm going to keep going. Um, But if I have trouble getting into that place, I'm going to benchmark it, if you will, with past moments where I've experienced that. Yeah. Uh, what what, what thoughts or questions to that? Yeah, that's cool. I like uh, um, this idea of of paying attention, you know, to what's what caused you to get into this moment or what caused you to get out of this moment. I'm using that with athletes a lot, and you know, say we're doing just a one on one workout, and guy hits 20 straight shots from a spot in his workout, and you can tell he's in flow and he's lost in the moment, and he's just just dialed into it um afterwards i'll be sure to ask him like tell me about that moment what was going on usually it's like he'll say something to the effect i just wasn't thinking i was just shooting and then i try and back it up a step and say okay what happened right before that how did you get there or if in the same workout now we've missed 10 straight shots i'll stop the workout and i'll say what's different about this time than the time little bit ago where you made 20 in a row like what are the differences and get them to try and be pay attention to the circumstances surrounding those moments and now you know things will come out oh this person walked into the gym and i got distracted or i started thinking about something else and my mind was off the activity uh you know and just becoming aware of okay what circumstances caused me to get into this this space you talked about your morning routine already i think that's a huge one like paying attention to what what's the perfect start to your day what gets you going off the start you know i have a routine in the morning where i know i need to do my best day possible is going to start with a an early morning workout a little time watching the sunrise a little time reading a little time journaling a good breakfast and then we're off and running it's going to be an awesome day or at least I've set myself up to have an awesome day if, you know, stuff out of my control kind of comes about too, but I've positioned myself for it. Yeah, you're showing up like it's one of those times. I love what you were talking about with uh, that basketball player because, you know, the way that I describe this working with some people is we've got to move to kung fu time. Mm. Now, I'm not talking about slowing down time. Uh, because if you talk to people that work in like big corporations and they have no autonomy, no meaning, no mastery over their work, uh, then it's sucking their soul out and they're staring at the clock waiting for the day to be over. It's like that feeling you had in school, you know, 3 p.m. school's over, 256, 257, 258. Those minutes lasted forever. Yeah. Well, all time is just an artificial construct, right? We live by a clock because somebody made it up and said, this is what time it is. This is a minute. Forget all that. This is about slowing down the moment. It's about moving into kung fu time, right? When these old kung fu movies and two people are fighting and something interrupts the fight. And rather than pacing back and forth, they take a moment to sit and rest. The highest performers the best among us in the middle of all the pressure know how to shut it down and be here now and recover under pressure and rest. Um, The pressure will never all be gone. If you could solve all of today's problems, it would create a whole new batch of problems for tomorrow. (laughs) 
the law of unintended consequences. You solve today's problems, it creates new problems. All you can do is learn to recover under the pressure. And when you learn to recover under the pressure, and so I have some Saturday routines that help me recover under the pressure from a full week. Uh, and I love the pressure of what I'm experiencing in the week. Um, but I need those spaces where I slow the moment down and I become very present in the car ride. My wife hates it when I do this, but I will be driving somewhere and I'm driving and I'll look at her and talk. And she's like, you can look at the road, you can look at me. Uh, you know, when we were dating, she hated it, but didn't tell me. You get married, she's like, stop looking at me. <laughs> um, but this idea that, uh, you know, you can't help and, and, but soak in what's happening all around you. You don't want to miss a second of this. Even the painful parts, again, they're beautiful. Now that we're glad for the pain because they're teaching us. They're removing distraction. If I have business pain, uh, then I'm paying attention to that because it's teaching me. Maybe there's not a product market fit. Maybe I have the wrong customers. Maybe my process is sloppy at some point. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. I need to learn that business so well, it's like I could stick my hand in the soil and go, it needs more water. It needs more fertilizer, you know, whatever. Uh, if you're that athlete and you're trying to move it towards that goal and you want to motivate everybody to join you to cross that finish line, you're not in this space where you're saying, you know, I have, a, I have to rigidly make this happen. Uh, and if it doesn't, I'm going to be angry because all of these attacks against the respect I should be getting. No, that pain is teaching you. Where is distraction needing to be removed? Where do you need to focus in clearer? Where do you need to be here now? This time might be one of those times. And so I'm going to keep showing up. I'm going to keep engaging. And I'm going to notice the important signals. And as you begin to do that, you'll learn to train your brain. Uh, and so one of the skills that we teach uh, in our coaching program is how to find the moments you feel most alive and stack it with all of your senses. So do something physical, do something from a nutritional standpoint, much like what you're talking about with your morning routine. Uh, do something tactile that you feel. Make this moment as big and as real as you can in all of your feelings. And then when you're stuck in that space and you can't go for the walk you can't take your dog out for a run you can't get to your favorite place to read a book you can't go to your favorite place to hang out with your friends you tap into that feeling and draw on it and you engage it you feel your feet mm. so we want to notice the important signals life is constantly ready to teach us we want to show up like it's one of those times see what's happening around us, notice the important signals of what's happening in others, uh, and not be so internally distracted from the insecure needs of our identity that we need to be felt, seen, and heard so badly that all we can do is add to the noise and miss the signal around us. Guys, did you any questions to that? or No, no, this is such powerful stuff. Uh, just huge awareness. This is cool. Thanks, man. Um, so we're so glad you've been along for this episode. Uh, Brett and I are saying thanks for being here. And we want to help you with this mistake. So hopefully we've given you some insights, some stuff to chew on. Thanks for being along in the podcast and listening in. Have an excellent rest of the day. Peace. 
This has been The Sight Shift, the lead podcast with Chris McAllister. Thank you for listening. <laughs>